Hello, I'm Anna Ridley and this is the Penguin Podcast. Today's podcast was recorded by Matt Clacker at London's newest literary night, The Book Stops Here, hosted by Emma Young, where Joe Dunthorne, author of the novel Submarine, read a short story and the audience got to play along. This is a list of GQ's 40, we reckon, 40, probably, yeah, hippest literary people. And Joe's on the list. He made the cut. Uh, so yeah. Not bad. Um, also, uh, also an accolade for Joe is that his book, Submarine's debut novel, uh, has been made into a film. My book wasn't made into a film. I didn't write a book. Uh, The Daily Telegraph gave the film five stars and says, Submarine feels like the most refreshing, urgent and original debut the British film industry has seen in years. Yeah, that's good for the film. Now the book, (laughs) the book in comparison, has had a couple of reviews on Amazon that I'd like to share with you tonight. Uh, (laughs) Monk, he calls himself Monk. Um, so I think he's probably one of Joe's friends taking the piss, but it's not as funny if I do that. So we'll pretend it's genuine. It, pr- it could be genuine. He says, um, I read this about a year ago whilst on holiday in a log cabin high in the Czech mountains. <laughs> it is a stunning first tome. Like, I haven't got a copy, but it's not a tome anyway, monk. <laughs> from a talented and imaginative writer. Okay. So why only four stars? He gave it four stars. Sorry, I should have set that up for you. So why only four stars, I hear you cry? (laughs) Well, there's a bit of philosophy in this as well, which is is sort of why it's so great. Um, Well, moderation in all things is the key to a fulfilling life. (laughs) Thanks, monk. And then he finishes, I could not put it down, and it's a seriously laugh out loud. Luckily, I was in the mountains, so no one could hear me. Um, But that's not as mental as Eddie Man, (laughs) who really wasn't a fan. And I should say that Submarine did get some some good reviews, a couple of good reviews amongst the cover. No, it it got uh, very good reviews. But not from Eddie Man, again on Amazon, who who wasn't a fan. He said, I did not like any of the characters. Obviously, that's that's key to getting on with a book, is just wanting the characters to be your friends. Um, (laughs) I thought Oliver and his... Sorry if Eddie Mann's in the room, but get out. I don't want you on my literary night. Uh, So he says, I did not like any of the characters. I thought Oliver and his parents were spoiled, smug prats. (laughs) No need to swear, Eddie Mann. And was almost hoping an axe murderer would break into their house and butcher them all. (laughs) No such luck. (laughs) I think that says more about you, Eddie Mann, than it says about Joe Dunthorne. Anyway, he's not going to talk to us about his sports mug prats of parents and stupid Oliver. He didn't say stupid, he just said Oliver. He's going to read a short story for us instead. Thank God. Uh, It's Joe Dunthorne. I've spent a long time trying never to hear those Amazon reviews, and that has <laughs> spoiled it. So I'm going to read a uh, choose-your-own-adventure story. Yeah, this is called You Are Happy, and y- will require some contributions from you. The sun is bright. Complicated silhouettes drift across the grass. You are sat next to your partner, Alex, who is lying out 
reading a book about bad practice in food manufacture called Not on the Label. <laughs> you are sat cross-legged on a tartan blanket. There are olives, artisan bread, and red pepper hummus in a Waitrose bag. You went to Waitrose because it seemed like a place that understood happiness. <laughs> you are in the shade. In the distance, a family are playing rounders. There's a tall lady walking a pointer. The sun is still on its way up, and you have noticed the patch of shadow around you shrinking, the distinct blades of grass. You burn easily. You fear cancer. Taking the lid off the olives, you wonder whether to have a black one or a green one. You watch the line of shade shift. What do you do? Now, I should say at this point that the decisions do get considerably more difficult as we go through. So um, maybe just a kind of yelling first and immediately um, black olive. Anna. I'm going to stick with you for these next couple. You want to get more personal as we go through. The, bl the black olive is a bit shriveled and unappealing, but given your open-minded and forward-looking attitude, you pop it into your mouth. First tastes, it is salty, but not oppressively so. You feel enthused, you bite enthusedly. A, jarp, a sharp jolt of pain in your teeth, oh Christ, you put both hands over your mouth as though you are terrified. Alex turns to look at you and says, the black ones have got stones in. <laughs> you stare at the rug. You okay? Alex asks. You are teetering emotionally. You could A, seek a more demonstrative display of sympathy, or B, display a hardy temperament and move on. I'm going to stick with Anna. Anna, would you like to seek a more demonstrative display of sympathy, or display a hardy temperament and move on. Hardy temperament, good for you. Hardy temperament, that's very British. You pick the stone from your mouth and flick it into the long grass. Good riddance, you say. Chewing the remains of the olive, you are pleased with its flavour. Alex admires you for a moment before returning to not on the label. You are impressed by the toughness of your own good mood. I'm feeling happy, you say to yourself. You squint into the distance where a pink frisbee is hanging against the sky. An, an alien landing, a meteor, a military weapon. Your patch of shade has shrunk. Sunlight is now on Alex's calves. You have three choices. A. Stay still and continue to revel in the moment of your good mood. B. Ask Alex if you can move the rug further into the shade. C. Apply sun cream. Now, uh, I'm going to go for a show of hands here to get an accurate representation. Who would like to stay still and revel in the moment of your good mood? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Ooh, but eight, 17, I think. Um, who would like to ask Alex to move the rug further into the shade? One, two, three, four, less. Who would like to apply sun cream? Okay, revel in the moment of your good mood. I'm pretty sure that's never happened before. Good for you guys. <laughs> Original Denmark Street. Um, time moves slowly when you, when you dwell upon your own happiness. You try and pinpoint the emotion, gaze directly at it, like an eclipse seen through a pinhole. You see that sunlight has reached the back of Alex's knees. It is inches from your feet. You imagine Alex's percentage chance of skin cancer slowly ticking upwards. <laughs> making the sound of a Geiger counter. Yuck, Alex says, turning a page. What do you do? A, ask Alex to move further into the shade. B, 
think about skin cancer, C, apply sun cream, or D, ask what she's... Oh, my God. Ask what Alex is reading. Almost let a gender out there. Uh, just going to go for a kind of noise-based uh, choosing this time. So who wants to ask to move further into the shade? <laughs> Good for you. Who wants to think about skin cancer? <laughs> That's an unusual heckle. Cancer. Who wants to apply sun cream? Way. Very sensible. Who wants to ask about what, she, what Alex is reading? I really need to change that. Oh, that may be one, I think. What's that, you say? Hmm? What, are you, what are you reading? The horrors of mass-produced bread. Our, our bread came from Waitrose, you say. Big whoop, Alex says. Our bread has the name of the man who made it on the wrapper, Tim Grange. <laughs> Alex doesn't look convinced. The producers blast the bread with hot air and hydrog hydrogenated fat, Alex says. This artificially inflates the bread. The fat helps the loaf keeps it, keep its shape. Tim would never do that, you say. <laughs> and they use triple the normal amount of yeast to get the bread to rise quicker. You see that sunlight has reached the back of Alex's knees. It is inches from your feet. You try not to think about cancer. Alex says you always spoil nice summer days by talking about cells mutating. <laughs> Chuh. Alex says, turning a page, starting a chapter entitled Eggs is Eggs. What do you do? A, ask move to, to move further into the shade. B, consider cancer. C, ask about eggs. D, apply sun cream. I'm going to just pick someone. Adam Marek, what would you like to do? Ask about eggs. This is an unusually circuitous route through this story. Anyway, what's so bad about eggs? I haven't read it yet, Alex says. Eggs are great, you say. I haven't read it yet, Alex says. Where would we be without eggs, you say? You lie down on the blanket and kiss Alex's shoulder. Exactly, you say. <laughs> Alex kisses you to keep you quiet. The book falls closed. Alex's eyes are closed. You see on the path a crocodile of school children paired off, holding hands, led by their teacher. You start to feel a little frisky. Alex's tongue on your teeth, the leaves rattling above you. You close your eyes, the sun on your eyelids, red blotches melt and shift. Your flat is across the road from the park and you would like to have sex. Do you, A, suggest that you head back to the flat or B, continue making out for a bit? Um, so two options, suggest you head back to the flat or continue making out. I'm going to go for a, a noise-based one again. So uh, who would like to suggest that you head back to the flat? Who wants to continue making out for a bit? Yeah. No. <laughs> Getting straight to the point, no pissing around. Good. This is not... No, no romance in the room tonight. Get straight to it. You walk through the park holding hands, trying to match your stride to Alex's. The smell of chlorine as you pass the Lido. Leaving the park, you see two men in the street their cars at angles to the curb, exchanging insurance details and getting on famously. You cross the road and Alex already has the key out. The atmosphere is stuffy in the hallway, a pile of bike and mountaineering catalogues for the previous tenant, Bruno Lathe. You watch Alex's bum as you climb the stairs. You find Alex very attractive. 
Alex pulls you inside the flat and goes straight to the front room. This is serious. Before the sex act, please clar- clarify yours and Alex's genders. <laughs> so now, um, I'm going to do a show of hands to make it accurate, but I should let you know, and this is maybe relevant for Musa, you don't have to reflect your own orientation. You can push out and choose a different option <laughs> beyond your normal experience. So um, the, op- the four options, as you can maybe guess, are you are a woman and Alex is a woman, you are a man and Alex is a man, you are a woman and Alex is a man, or you are a man and Alex is a woman. So woman and woman, man and man, woman and man, man and woman. Um, so a show of hands is going to happen now. Who would like to be a woman and for Alex to be a woman? Dean, okay. (laughs) Extra vote. Uh, uh, Who would like to be a man and for Alex to be a man? Okay. Moose is not interested in that. Uh, Who would like to be a woman and for Alex to be a man? Just, okay. Limited votes. And who would like to be a man and for Alex to be a woman? A very unanimous woman-on-woman action. (laughs) Lying on the thick white rug, you get undressed independently of each other, as if you were preparing for bed. On a Formica coffee table, there's a red 70s rotary phone, a green dome-shaped lampshade, and above the fireplace, a bad oil painting of Elvis. Alex, Alex is the manager of a shop called Kitch You Like. She gets a 60% discount. Diamonds of sunlight are slowly moving up the wall. You are naked first. You watch Alex kick off her flip-flops and then pull down her shorts. She's not wearing underwear. There's a line on her thighs where her skin fades from tan to semi-translucent. She sits up and looks at you. Now what, she says. So, we're going to leave Joe there as this particular adventure got a little X-rated. But if you're old enough, why not choose your own ending over at Joe's website, joedunthorne.com. After his reading, I caught up with Joe in the noisy stairwell of Peter Parker's Rock and Roll Club to ask him about the inspiration behind his story. Uh, as you gentlemen are of the Commodore 64 generation and it, it was a combination of um, growing up with computer games and growing up with these choose your own adventure books which most people remember and I always thought there was a missed opportunity for the kind of like um, middle class um, literary versions of a choose your own adventure story. Partly inspired by that, and partly inspired by uh, text adventure computer games, which I also loved, and really were my first attempts at writing when I was like 12 years old. I wrote a, a text adventure called Depression, which, in which the only outcomes were different kinds of suicide. And looking back, that is a really, that's by my darkest work to date, and I was 12 years old. Um, so yeah, and the story I, wrote, I read, the Choose Your Own Adventure one, it's addressed to you. Uh, which is the style of these text adventures. So they say, you are in a room, you are, you can see this, you can see that. Joe Dunthorne's first novel, Submarine, has been made into a film, which will be out in cinemas from March 2011, and we're very much looking forward to. We're on Twitter. If you tweet, we're at at Penguin Books. 
And you can find out more at thepenguinpodcast.blogs.com. Thanks for listening.